Welcome to the Industrious You Podcast, where we discuss the grit and vision it takes to set goals and destroy them with people who are doing it themselves. We'll focus on business and finance, personal wellness, and leadership. For only when we're well-rounded and whole can we live the lives we see for ourselves. I'm your host, Creighton Hayes. Hey guys, welcome back to Industrious You, the podcast. This is episode six. Uh, I know it's been a couple of weeks since we last uh, spoke to one another or you last heard from me. Uh, that was episode five of the marathon. Uh, two or three weeks later, I'm feeling really good, uh, really healthy and uh, recovered well from from that little trek through Okinawa. So uh, thanks for coming back. Today we've got uh, Richard Allison, my CrossFit coach on the show. Uh, he was promised earlier, uh, but you know, we, uh, well, you'll see today did not prepare well today. In the past, we did not prepare well, and it bit us uh, in the backside, and we weren't able to do it. But we sat down, uh, had a really lengthy conversation, spent a lot of time uh, together uh, over the weekend, and decided to record a little bit of it. We kind of get into uh, training approaches, though I think we're going to tackle that at a later date and really get into nitty-gritty and some training stuff later on. Uh, we really focused on the role of a coach and uh, leadership, uh, both uh, in a coach setting and then just kind of in a your day-to-day lives and relationships. So we had a really cool conversation, and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Richard before we start, uh, give you a little bit more background uh, so you kind of get an idea of where you're, he's coming from. Uh, from the UK, grew up playing rugby, um, got involved in CrossFit uh, almost a decade ago. Uh, After that, started uh, coaching and got his level one uh, introductory coaching certification through CrossFit, Uh, coached in the UK for uh, four or five years, moved to Saudi Arabia, uh, coached there, and then uh, moved to Japan, uh, Okinawa specifically, where he's been coaching for a little over a year now. Uh, we don't talk about that really in the show. Um, you know, all the leadership lessons and relationship advice that we go through and talk about, uh, we never talk about the cross-cultural aspect. So uh, in a future episode, maybe we'll get that together. Um, but without further ado, here's Rich. Hope you enjoy it. <sighs> All right, guys, welcome to the show this week. Uh, I've got uh, a not-so-special guest, but my favorite British person in Okinawa, uh, my coach, Rich. Um, Rich, thanks for taking the time. I know we've been trying to set this up today, so appreciate you coming on. No worries, man. Good to be here. Hey, a uh, little bit of background. Um, I can talk for you, or you can talk, however you want to do it. Go but, for it. Go for it. Uh, all right, all right. So... Um, You've been my coach personally for, I guess, like eight or nine months now. And before that, uh, when I was coming to group lessons, uh, I was coming to your classes. Um, but uh, so that's full disclosure. We do workout coach relationship, whatever this is, right? Uh, but before Okinawa, if I'm not mistaken, a couple years in Saudi Arabia? Uh, just under a year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then coaching in the UK um, for what, four or five? Four years, I believe, yeah. Okay, yeah, so about seven years total uh, CrossFit coaching experience, level two, seeking that level three. Um, what else, what, what have I missed? That's about it. Okay, Japan championship competitor. Great, uh, here we go, great, here we go. <laughs> all right, we'll skip all that stuff. But uh, yeah, again, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy COD schedule today to, to join me. Yeah, man, no uh, worries. <laughs> some things I wanna talk about, um, approaches to training, 
the role of the coach uh, in training, and then some leadership lessons that you've learned through interacting with uh, different personalities and different kinds of people coming through the gym. Um, But to start out, for someone looking at starting CrossFit or starting a new training regimen, whether they're like couch to, to start or they already have something going, what would be your first piece of advice? Obviously a very wide and kind of open-ended question, but for someone looking to get started or to change uh, what they're doing, what do they need to look for and where do they need to go? The, well, the first thing is just starting is the hardest part for most people. Um, we get a lot of new people through the door um, and them just starting on their journey is the hardest part. Once they start and if they remain consistent, um, with starting then before you know it they're up and running and and they're achieving what they want to achieve um but most people have this fear of just starting if and that's the biggest thing to take away yeah i think i think that's fair and especially uh i think maybe you see this more in your profession crossfit specifically uh crossfit's intimidating like before i got involved with it like I would run, lift very rarely, um, but eventually like decided I needed to do something different and uh, stepping in at the time, Habu, because Mongoose wasn't around yet. Um, it was like an intimidating thing. What is, is, do you have any like words of caution or words of uh, encouragement, like getting through the gym if somebody decides that CrossFit is the direction they want to go? Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is don't get drawn into what you see on the internet. Um, a lot of what you see on the internet is the CrossFit games and everyone's jacked. Everyone's moving really big loads, really heavy, lots of screaming, lots of sweat. Um, but in reality, if you come to the gym, um, I'll give you an example. Our, our 9.30 class that we run at the gym is full of 10 to 15 women uh, mothers that come to the gym most days um, and they're just there to have a good time and have a chat and work on themselves a little bit for an hour uh, that's not intimidating that's a group of like-minded people trying to better themselves and that's really what we are we're a community yeah I think that's a uh, a good way to put it. And it's something that I can tell now that I live so far away from the gym with the commute that I can't get there, uh, on a daily basis, uh, and work out on my own nine times out of 10, uh, missing that. I, I, you, I've seen myself or felt myself missing that, like the, the camaraderie in the gym and, you know, going through a sucky wad with each other or just seeing each other progress, uh, over time. Um, one thing, uh, in the first question that you, that you responded with was just, uh, that like starting and that consistency. One thing that we've worked on, um, and maybe this goes into the role of the coach a little bit, but, uh, starting out, it was like very basic movements. We took almost like all the weight off the bar and just really focused on moving and moving appropriately. Um, but consistently over time, added a little bit of weight or progressed the movements to a little more of a difficult step. Um, How do you factor that in, whether it's an individual programming or in a group class, like identifying where someone is and how to move them through uh, progressively? Um, So for individual needs, it's very easy because you're just dealing with that individual. Um, For group classes, it's virtually impossible yeah um you are writing a generalized training program for the masses which needs to be set at the right level for your members but that's also then why we have scaling and regressions written into the program as well um yeah it's 
there is no right or wrong. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of what we do. Um, but it's a very different, uh, I wear a very different hat when I'm writing for an individual versus when I'm writing for a class. There's a much wider uh, sort of uh, number of factors that I have to c- consider for class programming compared to an individual's needs. Fair enough. What, uh, so for an, let's say a group class, uh, general fitness, you know, preparedness or just general, phys- uh, what's the general, GPP? What is yeah, that? GPP is so a general, general physical preparedness. All right. So if general physical preparedness is someone's goal, what are the pros and cons of joining in on a class-based, uh, fitness regimen or, is there a benefit to that outside of just like going to a, a Globo gym by yourself? Yeah. I mean, so the class format is fantastic for multiple reasons. Um, firstly you get coached, um, you know, it's, I'm very big on the small details, uh, as you know, and the small things make a big, big difference in the grand scheme of things. Uh, you might be in the gym by yourself doing a squat, um, and it might be okay, but it might, we might be able to make it better and then you're going to gain from that um, just from being watched and being coached community you're going to have people doing the same thing as you and supporting you through it you're going to be able to have a bit of a laugh a bit of a joke but ultimately um, you know training should be stress relieving it is a mental uh, thing as much as anything uh, people work out to relieve stress to uh, be able to uh, you know, have some freedom and, and the gym should be used as a way of being social and having that freedom of stress relief um, rather than just sitting yourself in your, on, a, on an elliptical or uh, a machine, weights machine, like a lap pull down or something and, and just have your headphones in and being closed off to the world. You know, it's some people enjoy that and that's fine. Um, but um, I think... The community side, having that person pushing you, having that person coaching you, um, and having the support of other people behind you—that's you know where the differences lie. Yeah, I think that's really really valuable, uh, and it's kind of um, having done the group class for a while. Like when you're in that environment, even if you're not competing with other people it automatically becomes, at least for me, a more competitive environment, right? Like you're likely to lift just a little bit more or go just a little bit harder with people watching, right? I think that's like a... So the uh, the owner of CrossFit um, or the, the founder of CrossFit, the inventor of CrossFit, uh, a guy called Greg Glassman, um, he had a very famous quote, quote and it was uh, along the lines of he's doing rowing sprints in his workout in his garage and his dog comes along and looks at the screen and so he instantly starts uh, rowing faster um it's not who's watching it's just about the the uh the notion that you might be being watched and so it just uh, um, forces you just to give a little bit more um and then having that person next to you doing the same thing there's always that oh I, i need to work as hard as that person i might be coach might come over and say come on let's go faster you can go faster and that bit of encouragement to just when you're having a bit of an off moment or an off day you're still going to push to your you know and gain from being pushed and becoming uncomfortable because a lot of people in the gym environment um they're scared of this idea of being uncomfortable Mm. and the more uncomfortable you make your life in whatever you do um the more you have the opportunity to grow yeah i think that that's uh that's 
true hundred percent. Right. And it, it leads to like the, the question through training, like whatever your goals are, uh, in fitness, um, how much of that and how much have you seen that be more of a mental hurdle, uh, that, you know, willingness to get uncomfortable or, you know, go into the pain cave if we're being cheesy here, uh, versus just like physical ability. Mental's huge. Um, everyone has an, a level of physical ability, but it's whether you're willing and able to use it. Um, mentality and just being willing to try like some people um just sometimes aren't even willing to try it's you know oh let's go a little bit heavier no don't want to i'm fine there like okay that's fine um when they are more than capable of lifting not just a little bit but considerably more weight Uh, it's happened to me multiple times where i've kind of really had to force people to actually find their true limits and their true maxes because they're limited limited by their thoughts of oh i'm not good enough oh i'm not strong enough oh i don't i don't think i can do it and if you have that mental block of oh i don't think i can or i don't want to or i can't um then if you carry that off into everyday life what is that stopping you from doing outside the gym not just in the gym but outside the gym sure what else are you not doing because you don't want to or don't think you can or what else well i think that's like a great point right and you see it a lot from uh different uh i think the place i consume stuff like that the most is on instagram but like whether it's andy frisella or cam uh, cam haynes or david goggins or whatever these guys are like hey dedicate yourself to something and then take that dedication and apply it to everything else. So I think there is some, you know, if you have some fitness goals or some uh, New Year's resolutions that you're still hanging on to or just some lifestyle choices that you're trying to change, um, maybe making that change in the gym, you know, you start to build a little confidence or be a little happier with yourself because being active and moving uh, provides that for most people. Uh, maybe you become a little bit better at work or you're more devoted in your relationships or whatever, because you have more energy and you are more confident. Um, so I think that's a really valuable point that, uh, breaking that mental barrier and, and, you know, pushing past your perceived limits probably does benefit, uh, other places of your life. Absolutely. And ultimately what it also comes down to is people not willing to be not willing to try, not willing to have a go, saying they can't, is because they're not willing to open themselves up to become, you know, to failure. Um, What happens if they can't do it? And that's fine. If you can't do something, that's fine. But rather than hiding behind the wall of, oh, I can't do it, let's actually find out if you can do it or not. Sure. Because if you can't do it, then we can do something about it. But if we never know if you can do it or not, then how are you ever going to make change? Yeah. It's always going to be in that unknown zone. Um, the old age old, uh, my favorite one is uh, Schrodinger's cat from uh, Big Bang Theory. But uh, it's the, you put a cat in the box and until you open the box, the cat is can be perceived as both dead and alive. Um, but only by opening the box will you be able to tell if the cat is still alive or not. It's uh, kind of dark. It is, <laughs> but it's a good analogy for actually taking action and doing something and then finding out the result. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. Um, one thing that I'm, I'm curious about uh, with your coaching experience and the length of time that 
you've just been doing CrossFit, right? Like, cause as a coach, it's what you do and it's how you train. And, uh, need to say you get a lot of, you've probably hit that 10,000 hours of experience. Uh, if I had to guess, um, but if I'm not mistaken, my understanding is that you have a coach as well. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. From being a coach from your perspective, what's the value that having a coach brings to your training? Having a coach allows me to have all the things that I give to everyone else. I have somebody that holds me accountable. I have somebody that looks at me with a level of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A level of, um, unbiasedness where I think I might be good at something but actually I suck at it Um, so I have a level of um, bias there I have someone that I can ask any questions of ask their opinions and someone that holds me accountable Um, that accountability will make me go to the gym sometimes when I don't want to Um, if you're paying money for something you're also more likely to do it, um, whatever that might be. And that might sound stupid, but if I'm paying someone to coach me, I'm going to make sure that I go and do what they do. Otherwise, why am I paying them? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not only do you get that, like, uh, that relationship accountability, right? Like you have a relationship with your coach like we do. Uh, but then there's also that financial accountability. Like I'm paying this person to improve me. Uh, if I don't do it, then I'm just throwing money out the window, essentially. Absolutely. And um, I'm not ashamed to admit this. He is incredibly clever and good at what he does. Yeah. Um, I've been working with him for five years. Um, and so we have a very good um, relationship. And uh, it's scary because sometimes I think he knows me better than I know myself when it comes to my physical uh, capabilities. Yeah. Um, I'll see weights on the program that I've never done before, or I'll see weights that are slightly lighter than normal, and I'll be able to either do them with relative ease, or I'll be like, "Oh man, this feels really hard today." Um, and he will have already kind of seen that coming, and will have already adapted the program without me even saying anything. <laughs> um, and so that's, you know, just one of many examples. Yeah. Um, but I'm ten times the the crossfitter that I was when I started with him. Yeah, I think that, I think that's fair. My abilities have gone up tenfold since we started working individually, right? Not to say that I wasn't taking positive things away from a group setting, but that, uh, that dedicated, um, time that we spend, you know, working, uh, has drastically improved a lot of things. So I can understand where you're coming from with that. If you do anything generally, uh, it's never going to be the same as doing something specifically. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. So if you just do something general, yeah, you might get there, but it might take a bit of time. If you specifically do one or two things that is exactly what you need, I guarantee your rate of increase will be tenfold because it's exactly what you need. It's very specific. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome because, yeah, I, there's nothing other to say than to agree with that because it's, it's true. I've seen it firsthand. Um, so... Someone who doesn't have a coach, well, I guess, when is a coach, an individual coach right for someone? When when does someone know that, like, maybe that's the direction I need to go? Maybe, uh, I don't, what kind of goals align with having a coach? I think there needs to be a level of autonomy. Um, I think they need to have uh, been a beginner for a while, and they need to have been... Um, you know, they need to have done what they've been doing for a little while. Um, I don't think that working with a coach is uh, in the way that we work is for a beginner. Um, 
at the end of the day, we work remotely. Um, so we work very much uh, through an app. We work very much through video. Uh, and so it can be difficult to actually coach you. Um, we get by and we do a pretty good job. Um, but that absolute beginner needs one-on-one contact time, FaceTime. They don't need... Um, so that's might be one-on-one coaching or group classes, but they need that eyes on time so that the basics are dialed in once that level of autonomy has be, you know become evident then the individualized program becomes um, more uh, realistic because we always talk about this newbie window of gains <laughs> like it really doesn't matter what you do for the first 12 to 24 months of training like you're going to be getting stronger pretty much every week you come in the gym um the 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 improvements is ridiculous um it's once you get to that plateau of a couple of years where you know 18 months and some people that's a month uh 12 months for some people that's you know a couple of years uh depending on how much you're training uh how seriously you're taking sleep and nutrition as well because those are far more important uh factors than even training is to a certain extent um and so um if those boxes are ticked then an individualized program for someone that has goals that someone that's chasing competing in a crossfit competition who wants to upskill themselves or for someone that's going to run a marathon or for someone that something specific like they have a a more specific set of goals rather than just i want to just get a bit fitter i want to get a bit stronger if you want to get a bit fitter and a bit stronger and you enjoy the community side of things classes are fine but if you you know tight on time if you have a limited schedule then okay that's another reason but I typically don't work with absolute beginners in a one-on-one facet um, because it's very difficult to do, uh, specifically online. You need that eyes-on coaching time. Yeah, I think that I think that's a, a great point. Uh, speaking of the working remotely, this is just a, a sidebar, if you will allow me. But one of the I used to go into the gym and see people filming themselves and like, look at this douche like what is this uh but i had to get over that hurdle obviously we work predominantly remotely uh it's just a funny that's been a big personal growth thing for me uh also in the gym but not fitness related being able to you know not you know uh put the blinders on not look at other people and just film myself in the gym uh it's kind of funny because i used to be so adamantly against that uh but it's now something that's quite regular <laughs> um especially if you work out in the global gym setting uh it's very easy to just put your blinkers on um you have to remember that the vast majority of the time in a global gym setting people are too busy looking at themselves sure. to look at anybody else. Yeah, those mirrors are um, Those mirrors are the devil. Those mirrors are the devil. Um, and so, yes, it can seem intimidating and it can seem, but I guarantee you the guy that's doing the 200 kilo bench press in the corner is going to be looking at himself in the mirror. He's not going to be looking at you trying to do, uh, you know, your chest press machine or your um, whatever you might be doing. Yeah, at um, the end of the day, no one cares. That's what I've learned. Over um, the past. I, no one, no one cares. No one's paying attention to you. At the so. end of the day, um, anyone that goes to the gym has my respect and earns, you know, and because you are trying to better yourself in whatever way that might be, you are in the right place to at least attempt to make your life a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and so for that, 
anytime I see anyone in the gym, there has to be a level of respect there because of that exact reason. They are trying to do something about it. Whether you're overweight, whether you're a bit skinny, whatever it might be, there's an element of, okay, brilliant. This person is trying to better themselves. Fair play. And then that's the mindset that everyone should have. But unfortunately, not everyone does. Yeah, I think that's that's a great point. Uh, switching gears a little bit, um, one thing that I I think has been uh, that I've tried to take away from you, uh, especially when I was coming to the group classes, was just watching how you'd interact with me versus uh, some of the other people that were working out at the same time, right? Like, um, while we're all there to improve and to get better, like we have different personalities. There's different ways you have to approach us. It's the same way as any kind of person in a supervisor position or managerial position has to interact with their employees. What's some of the key things you've taken away from coaching for so long that helps you, uh, pick up on cues from people and understand how you need to interact with them to reach them most effectively oh good question um i mean it really like you say it depends it's just reading the individual um and reading their responses to certain questions i ask them um i like to use humor quite a lot i like to make people laugh i might say we have a good time um people come to the gym for an hour and they are you know that's supposed to be i try to try to make it the best hour of their day um they're there for stress relief they have a good time they have a few laughs but we are still there to train. So it's that trying to find that balance of, um, trying to find that balance. Now, through the use of humor, you can very quickly tell if somebody has had a bad day, if someone's a little bit stressed out, if somebody doesn't want to be spoken to, if somebody is kind of very closed off, you can very quickly see from one lighthearted remark whether they are interested or not. And it might take them 20 minutes, 30 minutes for the endorphins to get flowing and then for them to be good to go. Um, and then you might have the other end of the spectrum. You might have people coming in, bouncing off the walls. And it's like, whoa, let's calm you down a little bit. Let's keep you safe. Let's keep you... Um, let's not go crazy let's not hurt ourselves um i see it a lot where people just come in the gym and they just start trying to do pull-ups and i'm like whoa you haven't even tried to warmed up your shoulders you haven't done anything yet let's just chill out let's you know let's get into class and then if let's got some energy left then we'll we'll apply at the end but um it's just it's just reading the individual and then um it's something that i've definitely had to work on um if i look back across the six seven years I've been coaching um, that's probably been the biggest change for me uh, not treating everyone the same understanding that people have different uh, ideas of understanding and learning some people don't want to think they just want to do they just want to come in they just want to be told what to do and they just want to get out yeah. other people take interest in what they are doing they want to understand why and how and then you have to take a little bit more time with those people and break it down um, and then you have everything in the middle <laughs> You have the excited marine. Uh, you have the stressed out dependent with two kids. You have everything in the middle. So it's, um, yeah, it's just the overriding thing is just empathy and care. Yeah. Just trying to work out each person's situation and, and building a relationship with the person, not just, um, not just, uh, telling them what to do but actually asking them how they feel how their day was um because you can be the best coach in the world but if you can't talk to somebody and if you can't ask them how they are and if you can't work out how they're feeling um and you can't express yourself to them then it doesn't mean shit 
Yeah, I think I think that's fair, and it's something that like in, in my line of work, uh, I'm expected to know what my Marines are going through and like what's happening in their lives, and you know, uh, I'm expected to be able to get that out of them, and so I think that uh, the interactions that you and I have on a day to day basis with the people we're working with or around uh, are very similar. But for people that maybe um, you know maybe they work at a bank or in a hospital setting, and maybe it's a little chaotic, maybe it's not, but like that. You know, you're around each other for a dedicated period of time. Maybe it's more just passing in the hallways type thing. Uh, how would you say taking the time to learn about uh, your members or your clients uh, and who they are as a person and what's going on in their lives? How has that impacted you as a coach and your ability to coach? Oh, it's everything. Um, and the ability to coach that person and build that relationship creates buy in. If they buy into what you're saying and if they buy into what you're talking about and if they buy into what you're doing and trying to get them to do, you've won as a coach. Um, I have members coming to the gym and it's like, just, and I'm, I ask them a question and it's like, you tell me because you know what you're doing. It's like, okay, cool, do this. Um, they don't think twice. They just get on with it and do it. And that's because they have a level of trust in me to be able to just know that I've got their best interests at heart. Um, how have I got to that stage? By making every mistake in the book. Sure. I have um, said the wrong things at the wrong times. I've <laughs> I've been over aggressive to clients. I've not said the right things to members. Like everything you can think about. I've made a mistake I've done, but every mistake I've made, I've, I've learned from, and then you apply it in the next situation without making mistakes, without putting yourself into these situations. You don't learn, you can't adapt, you can't change. Yeah, I think that's a great point. One of the, the key things I think you said there is that uh, by understanding your people, you create buy-in or you create that trust and uh, you acknowledge it, right? You, you can't coach without it. You put yourself in any type of leadership or managerial perspective, whether it's at work or at home, like you're not going to have that, that trust or buy-in unless you care about your people. And it's, it's a really cool correlation to hear that, um, come across from your perspective. Cause I know it's important in what I do. So, uh, it's cool to see that it's not just limited to that. Right. And it's, uh, the, those skills are, are broader than, you know, just one, uh, one industry, if you will. Those skills are universal. Yeah, absolutely. Those skills are relationship builders um, for life. They're, <laughs> you don't use those skills outside of, um, you use it in everything. Friendships, relationships, family. You use those skills universally across anybody that you deal with on a day-to-day basis. Um, yes, they are the most important. You would argue that it's very important to have those skills in a managerial sense. Yes, absolutely. Um, but they are just, they're universal. Not all relationships are great, right? And not all things go well or as you planned all the time. Sometimes you do have uh, troubled individuals or you don't interact with people uh, the right way. How have you, what have you found to be the most effective way to interact with difficult uh, people? And maybe it's, you know, something that you're doing that makes it difficult or it's them, but like, how have you dealt with difficult interactions with people or what have you found to be most effective? Uh, kill them with charm and kindness. <laughs> Um, that's the only way that you can deal with those awkward situational clients. Um, yeah, you can ignore them. (laughs) 
you could try and not talk to them um that just makes things worse and makes things awkward and you have this very awkward um situation in the gym where the coach isn't talking to a member um and it's incredibly unprofessional i believe as well yes you might not like somebody personally um but don't let them know it kill them with kindness um at the end of the day they're paying your wages they are allowing you to do what you love on a day-to-day basis um so they deserve to be treated with the kindness and the happiness that everyone else does um no more no less exactly the same as you treat everybody else um and you just have to learn to bite your tongue that's fair sometimes you just kind of have to swallow your pride and you know be uh graceful in your interactions and just move on know that that uh that hour or that work day uh will end eventually and you can you can start again later so i think that's a great point um something that i i did with uh my first guess, and I'd like to incorporate it uh, here as well. I do not have a cool or uh, jazzy name for it, but it's kind of like the the final four questions uh, to seal it out, right? So uh, the first one is, what are you currently listening to or reading uh, that has you excited? Oh, listening to. Uh, I do a lot of podcasts, um, but I typically do kind of out more... I do the mainstream Joe Rogan stuff. Yeah. Um, he has some very good um, health and fitness content. Just a wide um, variety of everything. Uh, yeah. He has a, he has some good, interesting guests on um, training and uh, even diet and nutrition. And for example, the the podcast around the game changers and uh, were very interesting. Um, and then I also have a few others uh, to, to reel off um, being like Brute Strength Podcast is fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's probably one of my favorites um and then uh that's probably the main probably the main two i'm listening to right now cool yeah i think the the cashews are great they do they put out a lot of really good information and content um what do you see as your biggest challenge in front of you right now to your biggest challenge in front of your goals if that makes sense the biggest challenge for my goals good question um, staying true to myself and actually following through um, and actually taking action and actually starting yeah um, funny how that comes around funny how that comes around right <laughs> um, that's, that's for me yeah um, the fear of taking the first step but once I do it's it's fine it's just the what ifs and the, the buts and the maybes um, but then once I do start giving it enough effort to be able to say that that was, you know, a good effort, um, regardless of outcome. That's kind of, for me, it was always been the thing is if I do put my mind to something, I will put my mind to it. Uh, but it just takes me a lot of time to start it, which is, a uh, something that I do try and work on myself. Um, so I'm not just sat here being hypocritical. Um, I, that is something I struggle with and I'm aware of, and I do try and work on. What do you see as your biggest opportunity? my biggest opportunity is to change people's lives. That's cool. I like that. It's that easy. The last one's a, a cake ball toss up or meatball toss up, meatball toss up. Where can people interact with you or connect or 
learn more about you or hear extra stuff that we didn't talk about today? Um, oh, just my Instagram. That'll be the only place that people will be able to get in contact <laughs> with me. Uh, Richard Allison PT. Um, I've got some cool travel photos on there, but that's about it. Cool, man. All right. I appreciate doing this. Um, we'll have to do it again. We'll have to prepare more next no time, it's been fun. you know, it's been and, good. uh, and we'll figure it out. So thanks dude. I really appreciate it. No worries. Y'all, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, I had a great time sitting with Rich and uh, talking about fitness and leadership uh, and then putting all this together. So uh, appreciate you coming and listening. Uh, if you have any uh, recommendations, wants, needs uh, for this show or uh, follow up with Rich, don't hesitate to reach out to him. Uh, we will do another one and we'll really get into the nitty gritty of training. So uh, thanks again for all your support. It really means a lot, um, but we'll see you next time. Theme music provided by Patrick Petrikios.